1: She's an enigma wrapped in a riddle and cash that has been allegedly taken from the pockets of the victims of tragedy. With her husband and his firm under investigation and his so-called house of cards collapsing, the realist of housewives dropped an election day bombshell. She was filing for divorce. But was it due to years of mistreatment, as she said? Or was it really a sham meant to keep her hands on that precious cash to fund her lavish lifestyle? This week's episode is Tom and Erica Girardi, The Hustler and the Housewife, Part 2. Well, I know everybody's been waiting for this information, but I looked up the uh, exact brand of toilet that was $5,000.
2: I'm glad you brought this (laughs) up because today you sent me the MLS listing for their their mansion. And I went through all 42 (laughs) pictures. First, I love looking at houses on Zillow or Redfin. Love it so much. That SNL sketch, hard relate with Dan Levy. (laughs) Yes. So when it's a opulent mansion like this I was all about it I only saw one toilet in the whole picture And it looked cheaper than the one I have in my bathroom It wasn't even like uh, the
1: eco-friendly It was just a standard issue Home Depot toilet So what is this one one all about? It is a Toto brand toilet Does it take you home
2: if you click your heels three (laughs)
1: times? That's right. Uh it's been discontinued, but it was five thousand seven hundred and fifty dollars. It had a Seffentech ceramic glaze. I don't know what that means. It had a tornado flush system, oh, which sounds yeah. like could take it down. Yeah. Automatic lid opening and closing and automatic flush. So no
2: remnants in the bowl. I have an and- I have we have one in our house that is automatic or it's not automatic open shut, but if you shut the lid it's it goes slow. Like it doesn't just slam shut. Oh, I see shut. what you mean. I really it's like, like a that.
1: Hydraulics.
2: <laughs> yeah, like so you can just close it and then it like slowly oh, sh- shuts. Yeah, so it doesn't slam into the bottom. But it's not an automatic flush. You have to. I don't you like a hand those. Flush. If I'm in a bath, because it flushes uh-huh. halfway through and then your ass gets sprayed <laughs> right up I on want you. To it's like be an, able to control when I flush. The unwanted.
1: Uh, it's an unwanted. Uh, what is everybody? Bidet spray back. Oh um, yeah. Yep. It it's also has an air don't. deodorizer. Say it again. <laughs> it said, but don't. It didn't even make sense. <laughs> no, I, we had to stop the show. <laughs> During the pandemic, several friends of mine got on the bidet. I have several friends kick. that swear by them. Um, this has a bidet, it has an e water plus wand and bowl. Ooh, wand. Uh, rem- it's a remote control operated. <laughs> what? <laughs> Oh man! Uh, also has a air deodorizer and a heated seat. That's kind of nice. A ni- and a nightlight. I mean, there's a lot of good qualities of a toilet. It just is. A, it's a, it's extra. I
2: hope That's the just- entire toilet lit up for this nightlight. It's just a glowing <laughs> orb in the middle of your bathroom. It also has a personal bathroom soundtrack. I'm just kidding. Oh, <laughs> it's like now we're talking. <laughs> I'm really curious about this remote control because how much. Closer to what you're controlling, could you be than if you're sitting on top of it?
1: Maybe it's a control on the side so you can control the deodorizer, or it's like on Allie McBeal when John Cage, the biscuit, had a remote control for his stall that would flush the toilet before he got there because he said he liked a fresh bowl. Oh, he didn't want to see
2: remnants. That you know what? That's very smart. If we all could have that luxury, there is nothing scarier than when you're in a public bathroom and there's a a half open stall door and Mm -hmm. you have to make the decision. Am I going to push this stall door open and face whatever is behind here? Oh yeah. And, and it's always horror. Eight times out of 10, you wish you hadn't done
1: it. Mm hmm. Every single time, or like the the stall that people pass, mm-hmm. and like they look and they pass, and I have to go. What are my standards? Are they lower or higher than this person's? <laughs> but you always are going to pass. You're going to look at it. I and can't. Go, oh, shit, that's nasty. It's, yeah. I can't.
2: Yeah. So see, there, some of these features might be nice. Well, uh, to have a fresh bowl. So I wanted to else to pass get that it. info. Thank you very much. And the house is listed for eleven point five. So. If you that toilet's a selling point, then <laughs> for eleven point five million dollars you could own it.
1: You can own their house. It's been reduced from initially they claimed the uh, that Tom claimed that it was worth sixteen million, and then it was listed for thirteen, and now it's taken down to eleven five. And the special litigation council. Ronald Richards called it priced to sell.
2: So they're serious. It's just, it's, that's very surprising, especially in the market right now where people, Mm -hmm. well, but people are moving from California to here and paying thousands, sometimes hundreds of thousands of dollars in cash over because houses are so much cheaper for them here than they are out there. But it's, I looked at those pictures in the property. It's huge. I think there's two pools. It's gigantic. The grounds Mm -hmm. are gorgeous. It looks like a, resort. And I was very surprised that it was 11.5.
1: It seems like a deal for
2: 11.5. It does. 5. It does. Unless, you know, who knows the foundation. You get in there. And- <laughs> do they have those? In, you know, like, Do they have issues with that like we do in Texas? Girl, they got
1: earthquakes out there. Oh, that makes sense. That makes sense. Yeah. I just was thinking of like the clay underneath. Oh, probably that, that we too. have here It yeah. just sort of shifts.
2: Or just, yeah, general things falling apart i was always surprised to hear when people would go to the playboy mansion and then say how what a dump it was like how it was oh, yeah, just it was falling kind of- apart i mean back in its heyday it was great but then it kind of just never things wouldn't get fixed and there'd be peeling paint and things broken and for it being the playboy mansion it has a certain standard got to maintain it would be you know a little bit nicer mm -hmm. this one
1: was built in 1928 so that is another thing to consider Mm -hmm. what has and hasn't been redone but it uh it's got fountains and a pool and palm trees oh yeah it is we'll put it in the show notes Mm -hmm. breakfast bar
2: library uh huge closets those closets were enormous One One was was very empty. I was like, Uh
1: damn. (laughs) I recognize that closet from the Housewife and the Hustler documentary Mm -hmm. where she was saying, and then also from this season of uh, Real Housewives where she said she has a real closet and then a side closet. Well, her real closet, I'm sure the side one is as well, were both empty. But then there were Tom's what looked like uh, leather man shoes Mm -hmm. in another closet. So his stuff is, is clearly there still.
2: Yep. Well, not for long. I know. We'll
1: talk about how everything's getting liquidated and what he can and can't keep and how everybody might get paid uh, Mm -hmm. all throughout this, as well as what happened. The rivets or the divots in the system that allowed Tom Girardi to get away with this for so long. I do want to say a quick thank you to Adini Pabakar for my office stickers which i loved as well as my university of american samoa law school my better call saul t-shirt i gasped when i opened it we thanked her on our live q and a for patreon which we had so much fun on so much fun <laughs> we laughed so hard Um, about f mary kill um, mothman frogman or bigfoot Mm -hmm. and had a lot of hot takes on that but i wanted to give a proper thank you on the air because i have worn that shirt repeatedly i love it if it's perfectly it's very soft and also i feel like people see it and they think that's a legitimate school which makes me laugh (laughs) i feel like it's an inside joke that only i know there
2: you go. Or people that like the show, and then you kind of already have a special bond yeah. with them. Mm-hmm. Like, hey, what's up? Y'all know. Y'all know. I'm Saul. hmm Well, if you guys haven't listened to episode one, I would suggest go back and do that, because this will make a mm-hmm. lot more sense. I know a lot of people save the first one up so they can binge. So if you just finished part one, here is part two. Welcome. Yes. I'm Christy. I'm Heather. And let's get into it. A 2017 article in the Daily Breeze reported that Tom Girardi's law firm, Girardi Keese, has been sued for malpractice, fraud, or breach of contract at least 22 times since 1995. Nevertheless, Tom's law license remained impeccable, possibly because of his huge political donations and insider connections to the State Bar of California and the state's judiciary. Well, When you donate millions and millions of dollars to people, they tend to kind of look the other way when you maybe do something they don't think is the best thing to do.
1: Yeah, they look out for you. And it's like Mm -hmm. the gentleman in the former L.A. County bar president said in the documentary, the D.A. is friends with Tom, the police chiefs. Was got his job because the people that put him in or her in charge it was friends with Tom. The governor's friends with Tom. The ch- chief justice of the Supreme Court's friends with Tom. It's like, who are you going to report him to? Yeah. If you're a client who's been screwed over by him or, you know, that he breached contract, he stole money, he whatever, who do you go to? You try to sue him and you lose. You try to make a bar complaint and
2: nothing comes of it. It's so defeating. And we've mm-hmm. covered several cases where we see that in the Kristen Smart case. You know, nothing appeared to be getting done because uh, Flores's mom was the girlfriend of someone that was very good friends with the chief of police. And Mm -hmm. there's been other cases, too, where it's just uh, it's very sad. And it things like that are why people don't believe in our justice system. Mm hmm. When if everyone did what they were supposed to do, then it would all work out. But instead, greed and money and power get in the way, like with everything and fuck it all up. Well, that's it makes you it it makes me embarrassed that we have the same Mm -hmm. profession,
1: that we're supposed to have these standards that we abide by. And at least if there is a shitty attorney or if there's a shitty financial advisor or accountant or doctor, you know, you see. The whole entire system breakdown, that's whenever it's especially disheartening, like with Dr. Death. You see that not all surgeons are doing, you know, these horrible incompetent slash maniacal evil surgeries on people. But when they do... The idea is you're supposed to have the medical licensing board or the hospitals or somebody looking over his shoulder. And then it takes finally one doctor, one D.A., one, you know, somebody to step up and go, "Uh, everybody's just kind of ignoring this. And this is like a legal equivalent to that, where he was doing so much bad for so long. And the system completely failed these people for a multitude of reasons. Mm -hmm. For years,
2: Tom cultivated close relationships with bar officials that at times appeared improper. According to the L.A. Times, this included throwing a lavish retirement party for the chief justice of the California Supreme Court, the person who was in charge of the entire state bar, all while Tom was under investigation. Most damning was his extensive relationship with bar investigator Tom Layton, who received expensive meals, flights on Tom's jets, jobs for his children at Tom's firm, and years of free legal work from Tom's firm, according to the L.A. Times. Yeah, this article was a huge, I mean, it's an indictment on the
1: California State Bar, who's come out and said, mistakes were made. I was like, okay, (laughs)
2: let's
1: really minimize it. So
2: when that happens, and you see that there's been years of people not receiving money because... They just weren't doing their job and holding him accountable. Can those victims then go and sue the state bar for culpability? Well, the state bar is now saying all of
1: those people that were in charge at the time of all of these incidents no longer work for us. Oh so, that's convenient mm-hmm. yeah, they're you know, usually bar presidents or you know people in charge or only serve a couple years at a time. That Tom Layton fella, I believe he left in 2015 uh, left the bar so. That's you're kind of left with, oh, uh, we can't sue the people who really screwed us over for not doing their job. And also now there's just no recourse. I mean, they would have to just go after Tom. They couldn't go after the individuals, even though they don't work there anymore. No, because they were performing in their capacity as, you know, their their bar job, essentially.
2: Gotcha. A deep dive investigation by the L.A. Times also alleged that as early as 2000, Tom was misappropriating client funds from a $128 million settlement with Lockheed Martin. In addition, Tom and the firm have been sued at least 45 times for legal malpractice or misappropriation and are accused by at least 14 other attorneys for failing to pay shared legal fees, per the LA Times. During Tom's second divorce, his ex-wife's accountant discovered indiscriminate and inappropriate use of the client trust accounts to the tune of $9 million. But there was no corresponding bar complaint.
1: Yeah, it seemed like this, that the ex's attorney was digging through all the financials or the accountant that was hired by the ex's attorney and discovered that he was using the trust account as a piggy bank, which he's not supposed to, and just made that remark in a filing that was obtained by the L.A. Times. But that at that time, there was no complaint of client misappropriation made by this accountant and he couldn't make
2: a complaint I, I or he did could.
1: he didn't want to make a complaint i mean i think they could have you may i mean for the second wife if she's trying to get as much possible from his from the community estate you wouldn't want to wave a red flag and say hey Mm. bar he stole nine million dollars you should take nine million dollars away because that's taking away money that she could get in theory so if the accountant and her attorney are working on her behalf their duty is to her i would assume that the attorney has an ethical obligation to report that to the bar i don't know what if any, there's some type of statute of limitations that, you know, the second divorce was so long ago because he and Erica have been married, you know, 20 years. Uh, but I would think that that attorney, it's it's like the you're stuck between a rock and a hard place because your duty is to your client. But then also you're you found something that's reportable to the bar. Yeah. But it looks like he, you know, he chose his duty to his to his client, which I think probably would be the right decision. But it's again, it's been 20 years. So.
2: What really pisses me off about this is this whole thing is just set up to where it keeps the rich being rich. Yeah. Everything the system's rigged. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Like, I mean, Tom is stealing funds to keep himself rich. But even if that attorney is working on behalf of his ex-wife, who their main goal is to keep her wealthy, like all of these victims are suffering time and time again so the wealthy can stay wealthy and no one gives a shit about the little guy that they're supposed to be working for because they just don't matter yeah i mean
1: the now hopefully the bankruptcy trustees they both appear to be working on behalf of the little guy but it sucks and it's sad that it's gotten to such a extreme point where now it is gather whatever assets we can and divvy it up as best we can yeah and they're not gonna versus people
2: aren't gonna get what they were supposed to get and and mm -hmm. some people will get zero
1: Mm -hmm. or yeah versus just let's unfuck this when it happens initially Mm -hmm. and this
2: had been happening for so long if someone had spoke out then people wouldn't have continued to go to him but people were blindly going to this attorney and this firm Mm -hmm. because they thought they were the best Mm -hmm. Not knowing that they were about to get just bent over a barrel. For sure. And I think a lot of
1: smaller plaintiffs firms would tap him to act as co-counsel on cases, almost like a ringer, right? You bring Mm -hmm. him in. It's the Aaron Brockovich guy. He gets triple digit million dollar settlements. Let's bring him in. Even if he gets half of what you're going to, you know, if the attorneys share, say it's a 40% contingency fee, which I've seen in some of the filings that that's what he did with his co-counsel. So like, say I'm a plaintiff's attorney, I find some people that have been poisoned by water and I told them, hey, I'll take your case for 40% contingency. I'm going to bring in Tom Girardi. He doesn't get 40 more percent. He gets half of my 40%. So -hmm. then we're each working for 20%. Even if I do 90% of the work, the idea is that I walk into settlement negotiations or jury selection and i have aaron brockovich guy with me so he's making for very little work he's making a ton of money so but then the problem was the settlement funds would go into his trust account and he would keep them and that's what these other attorneys were saying uh by the way he owes me my 50 percent, and he didn't pay me god
2: one of the many clients that sued tom was joseph rui gomez on june 26 2019 Joe and his family sued Girardi for conversion, breach of fiduciary duty, and breach of contract, seeking payment of settlement funds owed to Joe as a result of his $11.5 million settlement from PG&E for his severe burn injuries. In the documentary, The Housewife and the Hustler, the family recounts how difficult it was to find a lawyer to take the case, as no one wanted to go up against Girardi. Eventually, they found an attorney willing to help. It's
1: exactly what you described, as people... I mean, perpetuated his power until finally someone said, fuck it. No, this is a this is the fuck Aaron Brockovich. Right. That's the movie I want to see is the person that said, no, I'm going to help you. And let's take this guy Mm -hmm. down. In April
2: 2020, Tom and his firm entered into a stipulated judgment agreeing to pay the Rui Gomez's $11 million. Tom attempted to pay that amount with funds from other settlements that were already promised to his lenders, thereby preventing other victims from getting their settlement money and preventing the lenders from being paid back. Prior to this, in October of 2019, the initial lender had caught and confronted Tom, quintuple dipping on his loans. At the time, Tom reassured the lender everything was okay, so the lender backed off. This was kind of when everything started to, the house of cards starts
1: to kind of collapse, because he was breaching his promissory notes to all these lenders all over town. Meanwhile, he had to concede to the Rui Gomez is you are right. Yes, I do owe you this money. I've been sitting on it and I promise I'll pay you. And then so it starts to get, you know, a, uh, this is where they call it a race to the courthouse. So then people start saying, well, we're going to see you. Well, we're going to see you. And that tends to mean you owe more
2: than you're worth. Sure. If it comes out in the news that he was using the Rui Gomez's funds and everyone else that is like, oh, yeah. I haven't been getting any of my checks and I've been calling him for years and, and to see where it is, I'd sue the shit out of him too. hmm On July 14th, 2020, a ruling adjudged Tom's firm to be insolvent. Still, less than a week later, Tom was begging for money from his lender once again, stating in a letter that he was in desperate need of funds. On October 27th, 2020, the primary lender, C.A.L., won a judgment against Tom for over $6.2 million and won immediate possession of the law firm's property. The funds Tom had promised to C.A.L. belonged to an injured father of two who was hit by a City of Los Angeles truck, which caused both of his legs to be amputated, as well as 27 victims of the 2017 Las Vegas mass shooting.
1: This is the point I would say probably fall of 2020 is When it got so bad with where the money all started going, that the bankruptcy trustees have said, it's going to take us forever to try to trace because money is fungible, right? And if you're not keeping it in separate accounts, and you're not tracking it in some sort of accounting software or hell on a piece of paper, tracking what money came from where and Mm -hmm. where it's supposed to go. It's become this big bucket of money that now that that's the whole purpose of the bankruptcy is to go, Okay, well, who gets what? And the only other person really besides Tom who knew anything about where anything about where any of the money was, uh, according to some of the filings, aside from Erica, which we'll get to, was um, Shirlene Fujimoto, who was Tom's personal secretary for multiple years. Um, And she's now they're going to subpoena her to be questioned because I noticed on a lot of the uh, promissory notes he signed and things like that, she would notarize them all for him. And so according to the bankruptcy trustee and the special counsel, she's one of the only ones that can tell them where all this money went, because even, of course, now they're alleging Tom has dementia. But, you know, he said, I had all this money and I don't you know, I don't know where it all went. So because he's paying borrowing from one to pay the other.
2: Yeah. So with this. They're still figuring out who's getting money. So this injured father of two, as well as 27 victims of the Las Vegas shooting, still have not seen any money and probably won't, considering the first people that get paid off are the lenders and then the Rui Gomez's. And then I guess there's a list of how it gets paid back in what order.
1: Yeah. And once we go down to the bankruptcy part, I can kind of go through that. There may be some hope. I was looking through some filings today. There's some hope that maybe some people will get some money, but...
3: Yeah, you get it. Every time. And if you love the filet of fish right now you can catch two of the classics you love for just $6. Limited time only. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Single item at regular price. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba.
2: On Election Day, November 3rd, 2020, Erica Girardi texted her Real Housewives Beverly Hills castmates at 9.15 a.m. saying... Ladies, I truly consider you my close friends, and this is why
1: I'm reaching out to tell you that I filed for divorce this morning. Thank you for supporting me.
2: This will be tough. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, it's taken on a new life this episode, and I'm here for it. I'm here for it. I've been watching a lot more of her performances and interviews. That's very, you've nailed it. Her castmates appeared to be in shock considering they'd just spent four days together in Lake Tahoe and had only heard Erica speak kindly of her husband. Privately, however, Erica said she had been suffering, saying of Tom in one of her confessionals, The conversations that I used to have
1: were now reduced down to a sentence or two. I just kept walking around that house and knowing that this marriage was headed down a really shitty path. I had to make a choice to do what was right for me. I couldn't live that way anymore.
2: So here's where things get a little tricky because she files and then conveniently she filed like shortly before the shit really hit the fan and then he has Uh, to file for bankruptcy. Yeah. You know, so (laughs) I mean, I'm not saying she knew everything, but I felt like she had enough knowledge to know. Shit was about to go down and she needed to get out of there.
1: Well, she wasn't as much drug into the C.A.L. lender litigation, although she did assign them her priority, you know, access to the firm and to Tom's money. But I would imagine, you know, people are like, he kept all the money away from her. She would have known, which that's all well and good. But literally a month later. Tom is sued and she is listed as a party to the lawsuit. And I can't imagine that the day of filing is the first day that she would have caught wind of that, that I'm sure the law firm in the Lion Air crash, the co-counsel that sues Tom and Erica and EJ Global and all that. I they probably have emailed them in advance, you know, like Mm -hmm. called them and said, where the fuck is my money, especially given that in the uh, filing from that firm, there's voicemails from Tom going, oh, everything got mixed up. No worries. So they knew they were owing this. uh, You know, Tom, at least at the very least, knew he was owing this money for the Lion Air crash victims. But her being listed as her personally and then also EJ Global in a lawsuit that came out like exactly a month later. Come on now. Like, yeah. really, we're you're telling me she had no idea until they mashed file document on the e-filing system that, that was she was going to be listed in this lawsuit? She was put on notice. She has yeah. a business manager that manages her entities. He's a CPA and does accounting for her and does all the payments and processing and whatnot. At the very least, that guy knew and would have obviously told her. You know, so it's mm-hmm. it, to me, I'm like, the judgment from two days before or like five days before... And then the lawsuit that's 30 days after she was she was not like blissfully ignorant, especially given she was stuck at home due to covid. And she said, this is where the Special Litigation counsel said that he watches Real Housewives. He goes, I don't watch the whole episode. I don't have time for that. But I have someone go through and clip out all the Erica Girardi parts. And I watch the super cut of it. And I get a transcript. And I use that for clues and where I'm going to look for money. Yep. That's how her Range Rover got taken away. The Range Rover she talks about. Lisa Renna's like, you got a Range Rover. It's so exciting. Yeah, that shit got taken away. It was considered a waste on the bankruptcy estate. And also, that's why now her landlord is getting his ass drug into bankruptcy court to testify because she goes on Real Housewives and says, oh my gosh, I have this house. To that extent, she says in maybe episode one or two, when she's driving around with Dorit in the car and Dorit says, oh, how have you been? You know, how's COVID been? I've been spending a lot of time with my kids. What are you and Tom doing? And Erica says, oh, Tom and I really reconnected. We have dinner together every night and we've really reconnected at the dinner table and had a lot of long conversations. Is what? So I'm like- if he's stressed out and he's getting his ass sued left, right, and center, that would come up at dinner. When you would, think. would
2: you would think as yeah.
1: you're eating your steaks all the time for Mortons every night. Um, also, this whole watch in Real Housewives, I've ruined Paris because <laughs> we were watch. I made him watch the latest episode, and it was uh, Sutton and Erica driving around in Sutton's new Bentley. Oh yeah, and Erica's like, "What is this? A midlife crisis?" And Sutton's like, "I think it's my midlife crisis car." And Paris goes, "What is she going to live to be 120?" <laughs>
2: Damn. Fucking roasted. Caddy, I like it. I Paris. know, I was like I've
1: turned him into a mean
2: girl. <laughs> turned him into a housewife. I know. In an interview with Us Weekly, Erica said that she thought long and hard about ending her marriage, saying,
1: "This is not a step taken lightly or easily. I have great love and respect for Tom and for our years and the lives we built together." It is my absolute wish to proceed through this process with respect and with the privacy that both Tom
2: and I deserve, which is why I'm on a reality show talking <laughs> about all the details and showing right? you my closet. I'm telling you, man, so many of these housewives that have huge white collar crimes <laughs> that are be currently they're like currently in the midst of mm-hmm. they probably wouldn't have been found out. Had it not been for them going on this reality
1: show. Mm-hmm. That's what, so the special litigation counsel went on a, a, a YouTube show and he, the YouTuber said, uh, Do you think that the people's appearance, because the Shaw lady is getting arrested and what's her face, Teresa from New Jersey and everything? He Judas. said, do you, Yeah, he said, Do you think her or do you think their appearance caused them to get arrested? And the attorney, Ronald Richards, goes, Listen, The IRS, the U.S. attorney, they're not sitting around watching bro housewives. He's like, and there's a new L.A. Times article, too, that speaks to this. And it's exactly what we talked about in the last episode. Uh, He said, I think these shows create this need, this impulse to do whatever it takes. And they're more willing to do crimes. And then that's when he said, and for me now in my my role as a special litigation counsel, I can just go and look at it for evidence. So he said it may not cause the crimes, but he said it sure makes it easier on this end to go. Oh, look, she's selling all of her clothes. She talks about it in the first episode when Sutton comes by and she's like, I'm getting rid of all my new clothes, you know, all these clothes. And Sutton's like, why would you sell all this? It's really nice. Why would you sell all this? She
2: fucking knew what she was doing. Yeah. She's trying to either get rid of evidence or get some cash because she's about to be out on her ass. Yeah. They're starting to seize assets. Mm-hmm. Erica told her co-stars that filing on November 3rd was strategic. I filed on election day because I wanted it to get buried. She said she spent the 30 days before filing preparing to leave Tom, including closing her bank accounts, and lamented about leaving her 16,000-square-foot mansion and her Lamborghini behind in exchange for a smaller house and a Range Rover. In a more vulnerable moment, she admitted how upset she had been That Tom never came to see her perform when she was cast as Roxy Hart in the musical Chicago in 2019. Your wife that you have supported and funded becomes a lead on Broadway and you don't come to the show? Furthermore, Erica said Tom did not regret his decision and became emotional, telling producers, Now you tell me if I feel loved. Well, we saw a video. Oh, wow. (laughs) Okay. In her defense, it was on the wendy williams show Mm -hmm. so you're not on the broadway stage where i don't personally for me as a performer if i'm on you know a stage where there's a packed house you might feel the energy more you're on more than if you're you know in a a bar somewhere performing to people that are trying to drink and don't give a shit what you're saying you know what i mean so Mm-hmm. I don't know. It might be a little bit of a different vibe. That being said, it did seem amateurish. Yeah. I mean,
1: uh, I would not pay Broadway dollars to see that. Not for the fact that she's famous. So there was that. She kept looking at her feet for the choreography. She's a
2: little bit stiff. Uh, the singing was like reasonably on key. It was kind of one of those songs where. It's not even really singing, it's kind of more like talk singing, you know, mm-hmm. where even if yeah. you don't have the best voice, you can still pull it off because you just kind of sound sultry <laughs> da, 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 da. yeah, mhm, but I also would not pay Broadway dollars and to me, and I love Erica on the show, she's mm-hmm. one of my favorite housewives. I don't think she's that famous I mean, if I saw. Yeah. Chicago starring Erica Jane from Real Housewives, I'd almost be like, that kind of takes it down a notch for me. (laughs) It kind of makes it seem less Broadway worthy. Yeah,
1: I mean, I don't think you and I discussed it. And then I sent it to Lindsay Power, who's our theater expert. And I said, you don't know who this person is. Objectively, is this good or bad? And she said, I would say it's okay. You know, she's like, she's she reasonably hits her marks and everything. And she's like, wait a minute. Is this a famous person that's been cast on Broadway? And I said, <laughs> yes. She's like, said exactly what you said, which is that means there's a more talented mm-hmm. professional Broadway actor who's been probably in the industry 10, 20 years that doesn't get that lead role because this lady's on Real
2: Housewives and, you know, she's going to be a box draw because she's on TV. Yeah. Yes, exactly. It's a slap in the face a bit to those that are trying to get stage time. That being said, you know, maybe Tom
1: saw the Wendy Williams performance and was like,
2: I've (laughs) seen all I need to see. I'm okay. (laughs) No, thank you. That is a huge dick move to your... And she didn't... She moved to New York for four months Mm -hmm. and lived there to, you know, rehearse and perform. I don't know if he came and visited her at all, honestly, because on the most recent episode... She's telling Sutton, I realized during that time that I was on my own and that Mm -hmm. I was going to be okay. So it sounded like he just said, fuck off for four months. And in those four months, you never could find the time to come see your wife on Broadway. When you own two jets. That's mean. Yeah. That's hurtful. Yeah. That's, I, I. That, that alone would be enough for me to file for divorce, <laughs> despite everything else going on. In a one-on-one conversation with castmate Lisa Renna, the painkiller singer said that on the day she left Tom, she dropped him off at work, told him she loved him, and then went home and moved out. She didn't leave a note or tell him what she was planning to do. When housewife Sutton asked Erica how she's coping, Erica replied... I have moments where I'm good, and I have moments where I'm really lost. Sutton went on to inquire if Erica and Tom had texted or spoken on the phone since she left. According to Erica, they have not, saying, No, no. What is there to say? I'm sure he's very mad at me. So this is where I have some questions. Mm-hmm. She says she dropped him off at work, told, to say, said I love you. She says to Lisa Renna, he looks at her and goes, thanks hun like she was nobody doesn't reciprocate mm-hmm. or anything gets out of the car and leaves she goes home moves out and then they haven't talked since if he had no idea that she was planning to do that and she didn't leave a note if you come home and your spouse has completely moved out mm-hmm. you're not you're not going to try and contact them and get some answers it's just like like i don't buy that they had not discussed this or at least if they didn't discuss it prior that they discussed it after. Yeah.
1: There's no way he didn't at least call. He's a big fan of leaving voicemails, so <laughs> I'm sure he called and left a voicemail uh, and let, you know, her know, Hey, where the hell did you go? Like, or I mean, allegedly he was cheating on her. So maybe he didn't care or was happy that she left. But yeah, it's like, I, I can't imagine that, he wouldn't at least just go, where's all your shit?
2: Yeah, I don't, I, I think it had been discussed ahead of time. I don't think she just left and he had no idea that she was going to do that. No, there's no way. In the divorce filing, which cited... Irreconcilable differences. Erica is seeking spousal support and for Tom to pay her attorney fees. Additionally, she is asking the court to prevent Tom from seeking spousal support from her, according to Us Weekly. Erica knows this will not be an easy fight, telling Real Housewives producers that she doesn't expect her estranged husband to just... Roll over. And that... Based on Tom's two previous divorces... He's a fighting motherfucker till the end. Well, I, this is, again, kind of like, if you know that, wouldn't you give him a heads up? Wouldn't you try and make it as amicable as possible so you didn't get totally screwed? Also, wouldn't Tom have gotten a prenup if he had? he's fought through two
1: previous divorces? And he does yeah. owe one of his ex-wives passed away, but one of his ex-wives, he still owes her spousal support. Yeah. And of course, because of all this lawsuits and shit, he hasn't paid it in five or six months. So he now owes her back spousal support of like
2: $10,000 a month. So the spousal support she's been getting has probably also been coming from these client settlement funds. Yeah. Yikes. Yep. Yep. For his part, Tom has no intention of paying spousal support and asked the court to terminate the request in court docs from November of 2020. Us Weekly reported that he is also asking for Erica to pay his legal fees. So she's right. He's a fight motherfucker. So would you do that because you're not the one that filed? I mean, I think you would
1: you want to cross petition or cross claim and ask whatever you can. So if she's asking for spousal support and attorney's fees, you want to respond and go, no, you pay spousal support and attorney's fees. Plus, this was in November 2020. He already knew he had zero dollars and he knew that he previously owed the Rui Gomez's 11 mil. He owed another the funders six million. So he's he knew probably that this next lawsuit we're about to talk about was coming, so he it's again the house of cards is collapsing, and I think at this point he's only he's living off his social security,
2: which is two or three thousand dollars a month. Wow, so when you file for spousal support, that's saying i am i i am um sort I'm looking for entitled to a monthly payment from you." Because I supported you during your time while you were you had this job, mm-hmm. thereby I I part of it is my I mean, like she said, she went to meeting or dinners and helped close deals by talking to the wives and essentially with his assistant and picking out his clothes and stuff like that. No, you're completely right. The.
1: Under California community property law, I mean, they had no prenup. So to the extent that his work for Girardi Keys over the whole time they were married, which is 20 years, created value that was, you know, equity in the firm. She has a community property interest in that. Granted, it, you know, do they say it's 50-50? That's what a divorce court is going to decide But that's and then if they're not going to grant her, now this thing is like defunct, but let's just say that the firm wasn't going to be defunct instead of her getting 50 percent of the law firm, then she would get a cash ongoing cash payments, you know, equivalent to the amount of value that she generated for the um, for the law firm. So that would be all the stuff that would come out in in divorce court. Normally,
2: now everything's gotten mucked up because of Mm -hmm. the bankruptcies. On December 2nd, 2020, things began to quickly unravel when the Chicago law firm Edelson PC sued Tom, his law firm, Erica Jane, her business LLC, and others for misappropriating at least $2 million in settlement funds from widows and orphans who lost loved ones in the 2018 Lion Air plane crash in Indonesia. According to the petition, Tom and his firm were On the verge of financial collapse and locked in a downward
1: spiral of mounting debts and dwindling funds. And had been using hollow
2: promises, excuses, misdirection, and outright fraud. To avoid paying many debts, the suit alleged Tom embezzled funds from plane crash victims to maintain the appearance of obscene wealth. And to fund his and Erica's outrageous and lavish Beverly Hills lifestyle. This is about as gross as it gets.
1: Yeah, it's uh, I mean, this firm, again, in their petition, they play or they have links to voicemails from Tom as well as the transcripts. So he knew that he owed these people money and he kept saying, oh, there was other plane crashes. Things got mixed up. This was the first Boeing 737 Max crash litigation. So Boeing is located in Illinois in Chicago. And so that's why there's a Chicago firm involved. And that's kind of how this all came crumbling down for Tom is that Tom was saying, Oh, I don't know, like the money it's coming, but what happened was, you know, you know, he's making all these excuses. And so finally, Edelson says they dug into it and that's, they saw that a lot of money went to Erica and that, that they think that that some of the money that went to Erica was part, partially these plane crash victims were entitled to it. So they just went ahead and filed suit And probably pretty smart, given that they also were seeing that the Rui Gomez's were filing suit, that the lenders were filing suit. So this is what you call a race to the courthouse when they start seeing this guy only has X amount of dollars. I got
2: to get first in line. So who went to Edelson PC? Did the victims of the plane crash that hadn't received their money go to them to sue Tom? Well, they were looking for
1: Edelson was looking for their fees as well as. They to confirm that payments were made to the client. So, oh, because Edelson was co-counsel on yep. the case. That's right. Correct. OK. Yeah. Yes. So they were working okay. together and they're pretty much, lo- you know, working as local counsel. And you want to get Tom Girardi in there because he's the big name. He gets these big settlements and great job. But when the money comes to his trust account and Edelson goes, OK, show us where you paid these people whose mother passed away in this plane crash and he can't show it to them. They said in their filing, we're not going to take our fee, which we're owed, but we're not going to take our fee until we confirm that the clients were paid, which is exactly how you should do it. Yeah.
2: Good for them.
1: Yeah. So Tom, you know, is gumming up the system there.
2: So they did what they had to do, which was file a lawsuit against him. Mm -hmm. The petition calls their divorce a sham intended to shield Tom and the firm's money from creditors. It is alleged that Erica filed for divorce in order to fraudulently transfer funds to herself and uphold her lifestyle. She supposedly spent $40,000 per month on her look and spent tons of money on their two private planes, her $250,000 Lamborghini, and a $5,000 toilet she bought as a gift for Tom. Most significantly, Tom's firm loaned $20 million to Erica's company, EJ Global. Which I was reading
1: the filings, and the allegation is that he did that as a loan because then you can write that off as a tax. Like instead of giving your wife twenty million dollars, if your entity loans her entity money, then you can take a tax deduction and say, "Oh, I loaned this money, so I, you know, I'm allowed to write it off." Essentially. Even Almost though, like a non profit type of thing? Um well, or- not really a non profit, just saying like, oh, I made this loan and so that income, I don't have that anymore because I lent it out. I'm expected to get paid back for it, but she's not gonna pay it back, A. And B, the he I believe the filing, which the from Edelson, which is that he did that to get it out of the estate. That to get to get it out of his name, essentially, and put it in her
2: her little LLC. So he can essentially just pull money from her LLC as another little piggy bank. And it's kind of under the radar. It can't, they can't come after it because it's in her company.
1: Oh, they very much can come after it, but I think they did it with the intention that they can't come after it. But I think what's going to happen when all the documents start getting gone through is they're going to see that this was all done in an effort to get assets as many assets as possible away from Tom, once they saw the writing on the wall and that, oh shit, the money is dried up because the co- the courts aren't open due to COVID, we're not going to be able to pay these people back. We're going to have all these judgments against us. We're fucked. I don't know that they as they thought that they would become, that they would get, you know, pushed into bankruptcy, but they, at the very least, knew that they had all these judgment creditors coming after them, that if you... Put money into, you know, if you loan your wife money, although I think the loan was done a couple of years before, but he's been getting, you know, he's been getting complaints since 1995. Mm-hmm. So it was one of those where, OK, let's just put this in this other entity and say that it's a loan, you know, an operating loan for her, you know, music, video, whatever, dance company. And that's a way to get it away from GK and away from him personally. I don't I think the court's not looking favorably on this. Right.
2: Sure. Following this lawsuit, a federal judge froze all of Tom's bank accounts, both personal and those tied to his law firm, calling Tom's actions unconscionable, according to the LA Times. On December 18th, 2020, Robert M. Keese, along with former clients and co-counsel, filed an involuntary Chapter 7 petition against Tom Girardi as an individual and against the firm, forcing both into liquidation bankruptcy. It's kind of a rare move. Why is that? Normally,
1: bankruptcies are filed by the entity in a voluntary, you know, on a voluntary basis. But creditors can request an involuntary basis or can request involuntary bankruptcy if the creditors think that they're not going to be paid but for a bankruptcy proceeding. So usually they think, okay, this debtor can pay us. You know, we see on Beverly Hills he has all this money. You know, we think he has... 80 60 to 80 million dollars he has the money he's just choosing not to pay us or okay well we think that gerardi keese or tom has enough assets that if we could just liquidate those assets then he could pay us that's why you would force him into bankruptcy and again you see this race to the courthouse where edelson's suing the rui gomez is sued the lender sued so All these other people, which I think two of the people haven't been, I don't know, and I've looked in the press to try to identify who they are, but one is a former client, another one's co-counsel. So as long as there's three, at least three creditors that are willing to join together, they can go to the bankruptcy court and say, hey, we're filing this petition because this man and his firm owe so many people so much money and is refusing to pay, but has the assets we think are available to pay. Can you make him go into bankruptcy? And then the court, you know, if you list off the reasons, then the court can rule in favor of the creditor and say, yeah, you're right. We're going to liquidate the assets, which is what happened here. So is is um, Keese getting screwed, too? It would appear so. I mean, his I, I was looking through some of the filings and frankly, it's not as interesting as all the. Stuff we're going over with like Erica and what she might have known. I think he had some interest in some real estate property as well. So that's the other concern is that if you're co-owners with Tom in property and Tom's getting his ass sued off, are those then gonna be, you know, sold off? He also, you know, his name's on the firm. Mm-hmm. He may have had interest in the building. So and then the other um co counsel, they owe, you know, he they were owed fees and the clients they were owed their settlements that they never got.
2: On January 13, 2021, Tom's brother, Robert, who is also an attorney, requested for the bankruptcy court to appoint Robert next to friend or guardian ad litem to represent Tom's interest. The request states Tom is aware of the bankruptcy filing, but needs to be reminded often. It also claims Tom is incapable
1: of realizing and understanding the repercussions of the bankruptcy filings pending against him and the firm. And that Tom was incompetent and unable to act for himself. Robert said his brother has short-term memory loss, often asking the same questions over and over.
2: However, this declaration is not supported by medical evidence. They did supposedly have a doctor
1: later, in, later examine him. But at the time that they made this, it was all just Robert's word. Seems... A bit
2: convenient.
1: That is exactly Timing-wise.
2: <laughs> that is what the creditor's attorney said. The creditor's opposed this request and pointed to an hour-long podcast interview on Schmoozin with Feruzin with Tom from October 24th, 2020, discussing the intricacies of recent cases, off the cuff and without notes, showing he could remember events from both the recent and distant past. The creditors also pointed to a conference presentation Tom conducted on November 21st, 2020, where he was cogent, detailed and spoke with a good command of the facts and his surroundings. Tom also continued to swear to and sign legal papers through November 30th of 2020.
1: Yeah, I watched this uh, interview schmoozing with Faroozin and he's fine. He's able to remember the questions that were asked to him. He's reciting causes of action from cases from 20 30 40 years ago he's able to explain detailed legal things that you know detailed legal concepts that the podcast host asked him to explain he's able to remember places he's been people he's talked to i mean he's sharp yeah the conference presentation the Creditors said they can provide a DVD of his presentation. I haven't seen it. But if you're doing an hour-long CLE, like a CLE presentation, the co- the contents of a CLE, a continuing legal education presentation, usually has to get, well, does have to get signed off on by the bar who say, oh, this is sufficiently legally intricate that it can count as education for other attorneys. It's not a TED Talk, right? You're not right. just up there saying whatever you want. So, again, if he's up there providing significantly detailed intricate legal jargon and he's not needing to be corrected or coerced or coached that is a very rapid decline from november 21st 2020 to january 13th 2021 yeah to me november 30th 2020 is probably the date that they said you know it would be a good idea let's just tell everybody that you're not doing so hot and stop signing things I don't think he's been on this season of Real Housewives. I have not seen him, except for flashbacks, which they do in, like, the gray. It's, like, grayed out, so you know it's the past.
2: Yeah. (laughs) And he's always a dick in them. But Yeah, they've selectively edited him being like, shut the fuck up, Erica. (laughs) But Erica has never spoken of him having any issues. In fact, she talks about how he's so dedicated to his firm, and he's always at work, and he's just was born to be a lawyer, and, you know, they have these meaningful talks during quarantine where they're reconnecting. It's not like he doesn't know who I'm at, who I am. And I'm just, you know,
1: none, none of, of it that came up.
2: No. Yeah. Yet.
1: I will say none of it came up yet. Cause real housewives were only true. in like December. ish they're, they're
2: around Christmas right, right now in yeah. the episode, the most. So recent we'll episode. see
1: the next two, three episodes. Maybe she does start to plant the seeds of, you know, I did try to talk to Tom and, Oh, he just didn't know who I was. You know, if, if, Everybody's working together. That'll be interesting. If you are attempting to make, uh, well, if you make untrue statements in the bankruptcy court, that's bankruptcy fraud. (laughs) It is punishable by fines and jail time. Don't do that. Don't do that. Don't do it. Also, don't steal a bunch
2: of money from your clients. I mean, step one. Let's (laughs) go back 25, 30 years when he started doing all this. Right. The managing partner of Edelson, the firm co counsel on the Lion Air matter, swore to the court that in numerous communications
1: with Tom from March through December 2020, the possibility that Tom might be suffering from any issues that would prevent him from understanding the litigation or anything else was not raised until Tom hired counsel and was faced with the possibility of criminal
2: charges for his conduct. It's also so arrogant to think they're going to get away with this unless it comes out And there's always the possibility it comes out that he really is, you know, has dementia or Alzheimer's or whatever. Right now, it doesn't really seem like that. So I'm going to operate under the assumption he's making all this up. And that's just so as lawyers, you're like, well, we can get away with this because we know how to to twist the law to make it work for us. And we're going to pull one over on everybody.
1: Well, I think if you are Tom Girardi and for almost your entire career. But let's just say the mid 90s, once you had that P- once he had the pg settlement, put a crown on his head, he was the king, right? They would, the LA Times article talks about how he would host these lavish parties that judges would, he would just like nod his head and a judge would come running over to talk to him. He was kind of this kingmaker that if you've lived from 1995 to present day, doing literally whatever the fuck you wanted, that you could take money from whomever you wanted. You could screw clients over and nothing would happen to you. You were actually untouchable. I mean, at some point, his former law firm partner ended up the president of the bar. So he's not going to, you know, all these people that he knows that either he put in power or he helped them get in power. You think no one's ever going to do anything to me. So why now, when your house of cards is collapsing, would you ever put your hands up? You're going to just go down in a blaze of glory and keep fucking around like you have been for the last 20
2: some odd years. And you might even think they'll know that this isn't true, but nobody's going to stop me because I'm Tom Girardi. Or like, how could they prove it? Yeah.
1: I got a doctor that'll tell that'll say something for me. And let's just say, who knows? Maybe the doctor is has been fooled you know you don't know if somebody comes in and acts in a certain way if they google signs and symptoms of alzheimer's and then start behaving that way so that the doctor would write them you know that'll and write a family's
2: out. all in on it mm-hmm. and you know the brother's saying yeah he just doesn't know who i am some days you know i mean mm-hmm. i don't that's an interesting and separate discussion of What do you do as that doctor if you suspect I mean, I guess if you suspect that it's not true and they're just like with um, Munchausen cases, then I think you have an ethical responsibility to report that. But Mm -hmm. I don't know.
1: I went through a, a training at work that was dementia versus depression and spotting signs and symptoms in older adults that a lot of times family members would say oh my gosh, you know, mom, we think grandma has dementia because we went over there. And some of the time possible symptoms of dementia are, in fact, because someone is massively depressed and untreated for it, which if your shit is this shit's getting sued out of you, that could very well cause you to go. Because, you know, that's the argument, right, is that As of December 2020, the managing partner of Edelson has been talking to him and said he was fine. Well, in December 2020, that's when Edelson sued them. So when he's now getting sued again, Erica files for divorce November. He's getting sued in December. Maybe his depression took over and had him start acting in a certain way that his brother thought, hey, there's something wrong here. Also... UTIs can cause people to uh have signs that are very similar to dementia really? in older adults. So a lot of times if you have an older adult that significantly takes a turn cognitively and you're like what has happened to this you know grandma was fine last week get them tested for a UTI cuz it can cause dementia-like symptoms. Interesting. As far as loss of memory or confusion? Mhm. Confusion uh like malaise, general like Basically, what someone would off the cuff go, oh, wow, they must have some type of cognitive, you know, impairment. They have some kind of, you know, dementia. But then in reality, once you clear up the UTI with antibiotics, it's it clears up those symptoms.
2: Who knew? That's Get certain. Tom
1: on some cranberry juice and antibiotics. <laughs> right. That uh,
2: Check his urinary tract. What's that over the counter? Azo? ACO? <laughs> right. Get you some azo. Mm hmm. The appointed trustee in Tom's case, whose job is to gather up all the assets, decide which creditors get paid in what order, and then sell the assets to pay those creditors, asked the bankruptcy court to allow the state courts to decide whether Tom needed a conservatorship before appointing Robert as a guardian ad litem. On February 2, 2021, a California court appointed Tom's brother, Robert, to be his temporary conservator of both Tom's person and estate. I think we know that california courts are pretty loose about granting uh, conservatorships man. yeah if y'all want to hear all about the latest on the britney one uh we're gonna record that mini-sode right after this and that's this month's mini-sode and there's gonna be two of them <laughs> it's a two-part mini-sode because there's so much to cover yeah so i have a question about this sure why would the appointed trustee ask if tom needed a conservatorship
1: so the, the trustee there, first of all, there's two trustees in this situation because we have Tom personally has been forced into bankruptcy and Girardi Keese has been forced into bankruptcy. So we got two trustees and that they actually kind of at some point can try to fight with each other because if the tr- the trustee on behalf of Tom personally is trying to gather assets, but really... In theory, those should belong to the firm. Then the firm trustee is going to fight with the personal one to try. You know, they're both working on behalf of the creditors. So they agreed that before the bankruptcy court should make a determination based on no evidence, because it was just a declaration of Robert that Tom needed a guardian ad litem, they said the bankruptcy court is not equipped to handle this. Send it to the probate court. The probate court can determine based on medical evidence or whatever. If he needs a conservatorship and if that's the situation, so be it. Then we'll stop communicating with Tom and we'll start communicating with Robert, who's his conservator.
2: Gotcha. What is a
1: guardian ad litem? So that would be someone that you would say, hey, this person does not have the capacity to represent themselves. Can you represent them, work on their behalf in the bankruptcy proceedings It's a way I would think if someone did not have a conservatorship that the court could do that. But I think, honestly, if I was if I'm speculating here, which I let's be honest, I'm not either of these trustees. So I am. I think they thought this filing is bullshit. Go prove it to the probate court and then come back.
2: The trustee agreed to let the Rui Gomez family have a superior claim on assets, but that compromise was opposed by two of Tom's ex-wives, his first ex, Karen was seeking past and future monthly spousal support of $10,000 per month. Erica also filed her own opposition, asking to be paid before any of the other creditors, including the accident victims from whom Tom embezzled money. By law, both Karen and Erica are entitled to be paid before the Rui Gomezes. However, Erica waived her rights to collect any money until Tom's major lender, Counsel Financial, was paid in an agreement she signed back in September of 2019.
1: Yeah, this is so what we're going to now start to see is that all these people that are owed money start piping up saying we're owed now first. And so the kind of the order is Karen is the ex-spouse. She actually has a lien um, on Tom's property because he owes her back spousal support. So she kind of comes first and then anything secured by collateral would come next. So, you know, that would be if they're vacation home in they have one in like i think the palm desert i think they said they had she said on the show they have three vacation homes i've only seen one of them listed so far um in the assets to be sold um they basically appointed a real estate agent to sell it so like say that was uh there was a mortgage on that then the lender would have that house as collateral be able to sell it and take the proceeds. So you have secured lenders that also includes council financial or CAL, their sister company. So if we said CAL in one place or council financial in another, it's the same company. They just go by two different names. Uh, Well, they call each other sister companies. So then they're also secured. They're claiming they have priority lien over Erica because they have this 2019. uh, I mean, it's a pretty short little document that she signed in 2019 that said I agree that California attorney lending has a first lien on any assets owned by Thomas V. Girardi and any assets which are community property. I mean, she gave away. So normally spousal support comes before all that, but she which she doesn't even she's not entitled to it yet because the divorce is pending. But she basically gave away her priority position in line, which did Tom tell her she had to sign that? Did Mm -hmm. she did she know what she was signing? I don't know, but that's. The other issue is that she also wrote a letter on Girardi Keith's letterhead that was addressed to Council Financial, which is the umbrella organization for CAL, that said it is agreed that any obligation from the law firm to Thomas Girardi, the estate of Thomas Girardi, is waived until Council Financial is paid in full. So even if he was dead, Council Financial still gets money first. So it's so she really gave her her spot away. And then it would be Rui Gomez's and other clients that have sued Tom and gotten judgments against him before the bankruptcy was initiated, then any employees that he owned, and then any other clients. So that's going to be like the order of money that gets divvied up.
2: And right now they'll just sell off. The bankruptcy courts will determine how much money, all of their vacation homes, their their main home, their clothes, cars, jewelry. They'll get the value for all of that, see what Mm -hmm. it all comes to. And then just start writing checks? Pretty much. So and then that's the issue,
1: too, is they have to figure out in what order people get paid. Um, They also get to keep some things, although it's not a lot. In California, you have what's called exemptions to the bankruptcy where you get to keep... Your house, it's like $100,000. So they're they're going to blow all the exemptions. Like they're way, they own way, way, way more than what's exempt. Or normally you could keep a car that's worth $3,300. OK, well, it's a $250,000 Lambo. Like, right. So then the estate's going to sell that off. They can keep jewelry and art that's worth $8,000. OK, well, clearly going to be worth way more than that. He can keep a retirement account up to one point three million dollars. I don't know if he has that, but that's kind of how it works in bankruptcy is that when the bankruptcy is filed, there's an automatic stay, which means everybody to whom Tom owes money. The Rui Gomez's, Edelson, Edelson, um, the C.A.L. lenders, anybody, that he owes money, everybody has to stop trying to collect. They cannot text him. They cannot email him. They cannot ask him for money. Uh, that is prohibited because the bankruptcy court, the idea of a bankruptcy court is that then everything just goes through one thing. That way you don't have the race to the courthouse where everybody's suing in all these different jurisdictions and trying to decide where whose money goes where. It's a federal case, one single court, one trustee per estate, which is him personally in the, the firm. So everything has to go through that. What you can do and what the Rui Gomez's have done is file what's called an adversary proceeding. So they had their loan, or not their loan, they had their judgment uh, from where Tom agreed, yes, I do owe you $11 million. They filed an abstract of judgment where that's where they tell the court, hey, we won, we want to collect on this judgment. Well, then the bankruptcy got filed. So now they're filing this adversary proceeding, which allows them to tell the court, hey, Chapter 7, the idea is that you pay off what you can pay off with the assets that are sold, And then you discharge the rest of it. Please don't discharge our case for the following reasons. Mm. So the Rui Gomez is you can go in and ask if your debtor is subject to Chapter 7. You can go in and ask the bankruptcy court, hey, please don't discharge my debt because he got it through fraud. They he was breached a fiduciary duty to me. So there's certain federal laws that allow creditors to say hey i know that normally in a chapter seven you're going to discharge everything after the assets have been exhausted but for me personally because he uh it was embezzlement misrepresentation breach of fiduciary duty it was malicious he he injured my estate you know all this stuff they can list all that out and that way when all the claims get paid at the end of the day they say please don't discharge our debt so I mean, Tom's going to be left with nothing. And so, but technically, he'll still owe the Rui Gomez's if they don't get paid out from the bankruptcy estate.
0: Wow.
3: That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void. prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus. On March 10th,
2: 2021, a forensic and clinical psychiatrist submitted a sworn declaration to the California Superior Court claiming that Tom's dementia impairs his ability to understand the hearing and declaring him unfit to attend any court proceedings for the foreseeable future. The doctor also diagnosed Tom with Alzheimer's. So, I mean, it could be true. It -hmm. could be not true. It better be be true. That could be said of a lot of things in life. It it really better be
1: true because you just swore in a declaration uh, that he has these things and you could be held in civil contempt I would argue that even though you didn't make this statement to the bankruptcy court, it was to the superior court, but you're participating or aiding and abetting in bankruptcy fraud because you're contributing to them to be able to say, oh, he doesn't know what's going on. So it bet. I'll just say that it better be true. So if it is, what does that mean for him? I don't understand why they're trying to make this claim because he did what he did and he had the complete wherewithal and mens rea mental capacity To steal when he stole. So the only thing I can think of is that if when the U.S. attorney, because the U.S. attorney, according to Housewife and the Hustler, is already looking into this case, if he's charged with criminal fraud, which seems likely based on all his actions, behaviors and the significant amount of evidence that his attorneys would say, we understand. Yes, he will plead guilty to criminal fraud but he has really significant dementia. So could you let him go and stay in a retirement facility or memory care facility rather than sending him to jail? Mm, I think it may be, it could be used as a ploy to keep him out of jail to say he's so significantly diminished that he cannot survive in jail. You can't, it's cruel and unusual to put him in jail. Please just put him in a memory care unit instead. And, you know, he can go stay in a retirement community. Well, it also keeps him out of, the court for right now. Correct. Also, yeah, he's basically saying his brother and conservator is saying, well, he doesn't understand the proceeding, so he, he shouldn't be asked to testify, which gives you like a real long time to decide what you're going to say if you ever end up saying something. Sure.
2: A few weeks later, on March 30th, 2021, the State Bar of California filed discipline charges against Tom on 14 counts, including dishonesty and embezzlement. The bar has also put Tom's license on forced inactive status. Well, it's about fucking time. No, you're right. I think he
1: uh the March thirtieth, the forced inactive status is based on them saying that he has Alzheimer's. Uh, but there is significant investigation finally into all of this going on. But based on that, him saying you know he can't c- attend any court proceedings they took his license away so it's not the same as getting disbarred but his license is inactive now so he cannot practice and when you go to his bar page which we'll link it in the show notes it's like huge red font misappropriation of client funds click here to see what that means like do not work with this person he does not have a law license right now
2: so there's at least that to inform the public wow I'm going to guess he doesn't do his own uh, web design then.
1: (laughs) Well, it's not his page. It's the state bar page. Oh, gotcha, gotcha. I do like that about the state bar of Texas is we get like little red lights next to our name. It's like like my little red light, my little light is green, or you have one that's yellow if someone has pending charges or red if they've been disbarred. So his says not eligible to practice law. And it says consumer alert. The State Bar of California has filed disciplinary charges against this licensee, alleging that he has engaged in a major misappropriation of client funds. You can read this charge, blah, blah, blah. So it goes into all that. But yeah, his, um, they filed the disciplinary charges on the 30th. He was ordered inactive when he on March ninth, when he was, they he got the he filed in superior court that he was diagnosed with Alzheimer's, or his brother did, and then once he was, you know they they filed disciplinary charges like two or three weeks
2: later. Finally, since so, nineteen ninety five. So if he was found guilty on everything, if everything goes to trial, or then then would he be disbarred? Like at what point will they finally just make take his law license away? Well, so it's the disciplinary proceedings are still
1: ongoing, but they I think right now it's moot since he's on a forced
2: inactive status. On April 13th, 2021, the bankruptcy trustee asked the court to appoint a special lawyer to recover some of Tom's assets from Erica, as the trustee believes that Erica is in possession of assets
1: of Tom's bankruptcy estate and or has transferred estate assets to third parties.
2: Prior to the start of the bankruptcy case, lawyers for Tom's creditors wrote in a motion. At every turn, Erica has used the glam to continue to aid and abet
1: these sham transactions that have been occurring with respect to large transfers of assets from the law firm to Erica. The motion also alleged the trustee has received zero cooperation from Erica, which is consistent with someone hiding assets and accused her of publicly dissipating the community assets by selling her
2: clothes on public websites, flaunting large jewels on social media and on television. Erica was also accused of creating a new company, Pretty Mess Inc., to hide assets in February of 2021. The court granted the motion and appointed an attorney specifically to investigate Erica.
1: Yeah, that's, uh, they're all now starting to, the sharks are starting to circle her as well, Um, With this special litigation counsel that his whole entire job is just to come through her shit and she really does not like (laughs) really does not like him and has argued that he should be removed because he posts he's a frequent poster on social media which he says his first amendment right and he's allowed to do and I heard him on the podcast speak very carefully and he said I'm only speaking about the other bankruptcy where I'm not the special counsel. But also, if you look at all the filings, they're fucking similar and exactly yeah. the same. So it was a very good technicality way for him to talk about one without technically not sure. getting in trouble. Um, but yeah, he basically said he's in. he said in another filing, his job is to investigate claims that the Girardi Keyes law firm estate may potentially bring against Erica for fraudulent transfers um, and is basically arguing that none of the other creditors can haul her into court on their own. Because any claim of fraudulent transfers would be something for the bankruptcy trustee to bring against Erica to bring more assets into the bucket that then could be used to pay people.
2: In the last week of June, the bankruptcy judge ordered that Erica's accountant, divorce attorney and landlord all turn over any pay stubs, bank statements and any emails and text messages pertaining to her finances by the week of July 19th and appear for questioning via Zoom that same week. Despite being in the midst of intense legal scrutiny while her assets are being called into question, Erica was spotted boarding a private plane on July 3rd. While it is unknown where she was headed, this decision is very on brand with her Real Housewives tagline. I'm an enigma wrapped in a riddle and cash. It's
1: pretty bold. Right on that private plane, girl. I mean, whew. I, I wouldn't you. personally do that, but... Yeah, uh, no. I also would have stopped participating in Real Housewives the second I knew I was getting sued, but...
2: Yeah, I wonder if she's doing it because she needs the money.
1: That's what, um, one of the things that the business accountant, uh, the accountant is also, it's Michael Ullman, so it says he's her business manager and an accountant, and he makes all the payments for her and everything and receives payments for her, and... One of the things they asked for is any agreements between her, Bravo, NBC, Universal, any parent company, whatever, um, and any agreements and basically
2: any um, proof of money that she's gotten from them as well. One thing we also didn't go over is that Zoom hearing that Tom has on Housewife and the Hustler. I can't remember which case it was for, but he flat out says... Well, at one point I had 80 million or 50 million dollars in cash and it's mm. all gone. I don't have anything now. Yep. To have, first of all, to not know if you had 80 or 50 million dollars in cash. I mean, like those are like that saying, uh, it was either five or $10. I mean, that's yes. just <laughs> not the uh, same thing. No, you can't even wrap your head around that to have no. that much in cash, but then to have blown through it all.
1: Yeah. Yeah,
2: it's bad. just for the sake of appearances of your own greed. I mean, it's I, I suppose one gets accustomed to a certain standard of living, and you just can't imagine life any other way. But he's about to—he's about to get a real uh, big dose of reality. Yeah, you just don't look at your accounts. I'm assuming, although with him.
1: He was the only one moving money all around back and forth and saying, oh, she, you know, allegedly that's what he, he he claims. And then Erica's attorneys are claiming as well. They're basically saying she had no role in the operation and management. They said she has a 12th grade education. She's not a lawyer. She was not in charge. She wants as much money as possible to go into the trustee estate because the or the bankruptcy estate, because that's how she's going to get paid. And also, that's how the victims are going to get paid. Uh, so. You know, if you do, if whether she knew how much money, I mean, she may have only known. Oh, well, my EJ Global has twenty million dollars in it. But again, EJ Global is getting sued. Then you create a new entity, which is basically they mm-hmm. said it's just a successor entity. So, I mean, that's I'm like fifty fifty. Did she know or did she not know? Or well, like I was
2: about to say. So, what do we think?
1: Yeah. So, I mean. Apparently, according to some of the filings, they think creditors and trustees think that Geordie Keyes and or Tom transferred settlement proceeds to Erica. The Special Litigation Council has corroborated that settlement funds were diverted to her. He said that in numerous tax filing documents that Erica's company received, like we said, like 20 million dollars. And she's created the new company after all the scandal. So is she doing that so that she can hang on to some of the money and try to say, oh, this is my Real Housewives income? They also kind of one of the big things that the Special Litigation counsel pointed to in his interview and then some of his tweets was that on June 15th, her attorney... that's representing her in the bankruptcy filed a motion to withdraw alleging a breakdown in the relationship which suggested that you know maybe they couldn't control what she was doing that same day the the girardi bankruptcy trustee filed a motion saying hey uh no we we know we're not supposed to pursue anything in any other court but the bankruptcy court but do you mind if we go into state court and examine erica and her finances for money that she actually owes tom and suddenly two days later her attorney said remember how we we wanted to withdraw we've changed our mind we'll stick around sorry about that and so the trust not the trustee the special litigation counsel made it sound on the podcast interview in my opinion that she was doing stuff she wasn't supposed to do the lawyers said she's not listening to us. We're telling her not to do these things. We this is like an irreparable co- client relationship. And then when she was fixing to get her ass taken into state court because she owed Tom money, they said, "Okay, we'll stick around." Shit. Okay. She since hmm. from what I can tell, she's gotten a new counsel. I cannot tell if it's in addition. It seems like it's in addition to this counsel, but like half the documents I can't get to. Um, so I'm kind of going based on. All the things that have been public, you know, I've read everything that's public, but also I don't practice in bankruptcy law. So and it's an extremely specialized area of practice. So I called my friend Ian Ross Phillips, who is a litigator who does a lot of creditor bankruptcy defense, uh, like creditor work, and was just kind of asking him about all this. And he was like, holy shit, that's a mess. How are you involved in that case? And I was like, oh, that's for the podcast. He was like, oh, good. I was going to tell you, don't get in all that sticky situation. He's like, I would not. He said, I am not envious of them. Especially when you have a special counsel digging
2: into your shit. That's bad. Yeah, for sure. So I think um, that she knew something. I don't know the extent to what she knew. I don't know if she knew how, like, legitimately this, there was a, the guy didn't get paid his 11.5 settlement from the San Bruno explosion And this one, this is part of the $20 million loan my business received. I doubt she knew the details, but I think she had to have known something to know to GTFO right before the shit hit the fan.
1: Yeah, especially because Edelson's lawsuit came, you know, just a month after she filed for divorce. And again, I'm sure her being listed as a party on that, she had to have known in advance that she... That you know whether they threatened to Tom, they yeah. sent her a special email letter, or whatever that she was going to get drugged into that, because they started digging around in financial records. So I, don't, you know, it's hard because the the one like smoking gun thing that I found was that September twenty nineteen waiver of her priority, which is that's the one thing you have in a non dischargeable debt in Chapter Seven is going to be spousal and child support obligations. She's going to get paid, you know, in theory, she should get paid first. But for this waiver that she signed, did she understand at the time that she signed it that that's what she was signing? Or are you married to a super high-powered lawyer that sticks a paper in front of you and goes, you're signing this?
2: Mm -hmm.
1: There's not a question. Sign it. And then here's a letter we're going to write on your behalf that says you're giving up your rights in my estate of anything that the firm owes me to this lender. You're signing this. And so, did she know that there was some kind of weird fiscal stuff going on? Maybe. Uh, I for damn sure hope she did not know, you know, all the stuff that was to come. I I mean, I I hope she didn't know that it was coming from... She seemed proud of him, right? In the older footage, she seemed to say, he fights on behalf of people that are injured. You know, is she Mm -hmm. that good of an actress? I watched her perform the Chicago number. (laughs) She's not. Uh, But so, I don't know. Either she's an extremely good liar or... She was just married to a really wealthy man that said, you're doing what I've told you to do. And yeah. like you you said, the t- paperwork in girardi Keys was a fucking mess. I can't imagine a person like him that's really controlling is going to let his wife come look over his shoulder. People's like, oh, she was listed as the secretary of the entity. Okay. You think she was like taking notes
2: at the meeting of the company? I highly doubt nah. that. He barely let her speak when they would go out to dinner. Yeah. Well, my mom... Who, oh, yeah, I hear this? Well, first of all, I got in trouble <gasps> because my mom said she was very offended that I did not consult her before the last episode because <laughs> she has never, quote, never missed an episode of Real Housewives of Beverly Hills. I did not know this. Oh, my goodness. So in my defense, I knew that. She occasionally watched it. I didn't know she knew all the tea, but she knows a lot of tea, like more than that's even on the show. Like she's done some her own research, too. <laughs> so I have to shout her out. And she thinks that she didn't know the full extent of it, mm-hmm. that she maybe knew something, but not the full extent of it. And I agree with that. I mm-hmm. for one, I think he's too controlling and just probably doesn't think highly enough of her to involve her in all of that, to even give her that type of information. And then I think she's, she seems like she's got a good, you know, a a good heart when it, Mm -hmm. at the, at the end of the day, she came from hard times. So I would like to think maybe it's just optimism, that she can reflect on like where she came from and she wasn't that far off from the the same people that he's stealing from. So that she would not have stayed with him or allowed it to, to go on if she did know really what was going on. But I do think she had to have known something to file for divorce when she did. I would agree with that. And also because I just,
1: I, the one big thing in my mind is that paper that she would never have. I don't think she would have knowingly signed that if she would have known that all the money was gone. She wouldn't have given away yeah. because she then went in both the divorce. She asked for spousal support. And then in the bankruptcy court, her attorney said when the Rui Gomez said, hey, we want a priority lien and then the uh, you know a priority place in line because we had this judgment debt. And then the lender said, hey, we get a priority place in line. She filed an objection and said, hey, I actually get a priority place in line. And the creditors attorneys for the lender had to go. "Uh, Remember how you signed that thing in September 2019? So either she totally forgot or she did not know the implications of that because her attorneys filed a basically an opposition when the lender said, hey, actually, we're first in line over everybody, wives and all. And the one wife said, actually, he owes me spousal support and I have a lien for it, which put her in front in charge. But then the lender said, "Uh, Eric actually signed this thing," and her attorneys were like, "Wait, what?" So uh, that that's what makes me think that Tom w- had a lot more control. Yeah. Than than she, because obviously, first of all, I don't think she thought they were going to get a divorce. Because she was like, I was going to marry that. I was going to be with that man until he died. Yeah, I bet you were. You <laughs> could get <old's laughs> money when he died. You're going to get that big ass house when he died. So if you marry someone that much significantly older than you, the long con is to just wait till they croak. And I don't think she would have wanted to participate in something that's going to send her to jail. Yeah, no, for sure. And so she's she's now said in filings, hey, um, because the... The trustee had said she's blocking us at every turn. We got to haul in her landlord, who's another attorney. And they basically want to know how is she paying one rent on a one point five million dollar house in whatever it's the place she was talking about in the first episode was Sutton of like places that you would be willing to live in L.A., very interesting that she mentioned it, like not Hamilton Park. I can't remember. But very interesting in episode one of the season that she mentioned, oh, there's only a few places in LA I would want to live. And that's where she ended up staying. That's where she ended up renting the place from this other attorney. But they're asking for his records as well and asking for him to testify because how would she have been able to afford a deposit? How would she? So that's kind of what will all come out um, in the later weeks of July as her people. And then her attorney said, She's totally willing to turn everything over, probably because they know that the Special Litigation Council is about to uh, dig through all of her shit and she's not going to be able to hide. Yep.
2: But Well, we will keep our eyes on this and update as needed for sure. And there's still several more episodes of this season. So I think a lot more will come out on Real Housewives, too. I think so. And she was, you know...
1: That's the argument of, did she file for divorce? Edelson says, the law firm that sued him said, it's a sham. She tried to post on social media, oh, he's been cheating on me and he cheated on me with this judge, but all the text messages she pulled out, the it looks like the phone is from the 1920 you know it looks like <laughs> like mean, a rotary phone no but it looks like from the mid 2000s i mean it's super pixelated the font it's not from an iphone and i guarantee you they probably have iphones or at, v- at the very least you know androids pixels something samsung shout out um uh, they have he's a, a was a multimillionaire. he was not texting on a flip phone i don't even think those things right. are supported anymore so the ...photos that she posted in December to be like, Tom was cheating on me, I'm so upset. It looks like they're a lot older, although, Mm. like you said, the season turns, as the season still turns. um, I do, when I I did call Ian to say, hey, do you think any of these people are actually going to get paid? Because, you know, you and I talked about that. What I did notice, and he was saying, are there pending settlements that more money could come into the Girardi Keys estate or Tom's estate... And I was digging through the filings, and yes, they were mentioning one that was NFL player concussion, that he represented multiple NFL players. So basically, when that money would come in from if and when it comes in, because he had co-counsel on a lot of these cases, and the co-counsel are still working the cases from the bankruptcy filings, that, say, the NFL settlement litigation money comes in, then the NFL players will get their amount, and then the amount that comes in that would have paid back Tom would go to the lenders and once the lenders are satisfied, then it would go to the victims that haven't gotten paid yet, you know, down the the waterfall that we discussed earlier. So hopefully the cases that he had, although it was quintuple, you know, collateralized, hopefully as money comes in from old cases that he had, his portion will go not only to pay the people who his representation was pending at the time, but also his portion will then go to pay uh, these people who, again, it was the worst days of their lives, and he stole their money. He also probably has insurance they could try to sell or try to claim on, and I would say sue him personally, but that ain't going to happen because he's bankrupt.
2: Well, I hope that all of the victims in this get something, if not everything. Yeah, and even if, uh, yeah, so it yeah, be. it's 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 awful, and. Uh, we'll see how it plays out. I hope he's definitely held accountable now, and yeah, sees how what happens when the tables turn. And she can't control what the producers
1: and editors are going to put out on the Real Housewives, but right. uh, at least according to this interview I heard with the guy who's digging through her shit, he's watching, and the rest of us
2: are too. And it's already been filmed. Yep, so. it's too late. <laughs> She, she, what she said is, is already out there for everyone to see. Mm -hmm. We love providing Sinisterhood to you at no cost. So if you like what you hear, consider supporting the show by donating to our Patreon. We're a small operation, creating the show for you by researching, writing, recording, and producing it ourselves. Any amount is sincerely appreciated and helps offset the cost of making and hosting the show. As a thank you, you'll also get some sweet perks like
1: ad-free episodes, a Sinisterhood sticker, membership to our exclusive Patreon Facebook group for those in the Rolling the Airwaves tier, a special shout out on the show, a monthly bonus mini-sode, and patron exclusive video and audio content, including our "Our Am I the Asshole Relationship Advice segments, Dear Sinister segments, where we give you advice on your own relationship or other life
2: questions, as well as we're bringing back the wheel, you guys. hmm Bringing Bringin it back. It back. Bringing back the wheel. You also now have the fun perk of access to our Discord server, where you can connect with other fans in real time and discuss the latest in true crime, share personal ghost stories, or just post adorable pictures of your pets. We'll also be hopping on occasionally and hosting monthly Q&As with Crowdcast, where you can ask us all your burning questions and, like we said earlier... This past one was so much fun. I think it went for close to two hours. It was like, it was almost, it was like an hour and 55
1: minutes because the, the app will kick us off at two hours. Yeah. We laughed so hard. We had so much fun. And afterwards, we both just, we got on Skype to record our Bill Cosby Breakdown Mm -hmm. on our true crime headlines. So, if you're interested in what the hell happened and why Bill Cosby is a free man who was like, I'm going to do stand up and I'm going to do, like, nobody asked you to do any of
2: that. Please stop. But, and we also (laughs) talk about Allison Max sentencing for the Nexium true true Cult and so we well. we hopped on to skype and we're like that was just so much fun and we're just in
1: this afterglow of having so much fun uh talking about why i'm real horny for frog man <laughs> uh, for our patrons not in the u.s you also now have the option to pay in pounds or euros saving you the cost of the conversion fee annual memberships for all tiers are also
2: now available those that select this option will be rewarded with a free month of membership. For more details on all of this and specific member tiers, visit Sinisterhood.com and click Patreon on the top banner. And make sure you stick around after our sign-offs to hear your shout-out. So many of you have been tagging us in pictures of you sporting your sweet Sinisterhood merch. Keep those pictures coming.
1: If you want to get some cool Sinisterhood swag like t-shirts, mugs, totes, and even clothes for your kiddos, visit Sinisterhood.com and click on Shop in the top banner.
2: The best thing you can do to help us grow is like, review, and subscribe on Apple Podcasts or wherever you listen to your podcasts. And please tell a friend who you think would like us to check us out. It means so much to us and really helps podcasts like us get more exposure. You can
1: follow us on Instagram and Twitter at Sinisterhood Pod and like us on
2: Facebook at Sinisterhood. Christy, where are you at? I'm on Twitter at Christy or GTFO and Instagram at Christy M. Wallace. Heather? I am on Twitter at MCK vs. the World and on Instagram at Heather vs. the World. As always, the devil rules the airwaves. Keep it creepy. Hey,
1: everybody. Thank you so much for supporting the show on Patreon. Here are your special
2: Patreon shoutouts. Jasmine Deal. Sarah Nasland, Waverly Wolf. Anne Eliason. Jamie Sue. Allie. Sophie. Tara Olivieris. Ermac Genk, Nicole Mick, Catherine Youngs, Kate, Jenny Perez, Sydney Nidecker, Cindy Carter, Jackie, Amanda Dubbs Aaron, Post Punk Mama, Greg Hurd, Lindsay Ray, Migo, Amber Thornsberry, Catherine Gilman, Brianna Boydston, Carrie Carver, Krista Holloway, Kaylee, Skylar Cargill, Aaron Conklin, Bob Ferguson, Selena Moon, Danielle K, Nora, Hannah Rose, Cherry Seifert, Gabby, Beth Rudisil, Emily Alexander, Jessica Nowobilski, Christine Bailey, Michelle Galvez, Andrea Westmoreland, Kristen Becky Barons, Miss Bama Girl 1995, Caitlin Smith, Athena Norton. J. C. Popovich, Ashley Johnston, C.T., Sasha Keenut, Kat, Monica Blood, Shannon Darehammer, Jessica Crust, Paige, Judy O'Brien, Tri Sierra Tops, Alex Curtin, Sammy, Karen Hill, Sarah C. Parker, Cynthia Schwink, T. N. Renders, Cassandra Thompson, Krista Hordback, Mackenzie Kate Cran, Mary Grace Santa Cruz, Jen George, Laurel Stevenson, Jenna Taylor, Emily Ennis, Amy Lane, Jessica Trunkenmiller, Natalie Galubsky, Rachel Thomas Miller, and Kess Mason. Thank you so much, guys, for supporting the show. We sincerely appreciate it. We could not do this without you. Stay safe, stay healthy, and keep it creepy. <laughs>